Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This edition of the Patriots Report is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your championship finals, info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA and Stanley Cup finals. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball and hockey to MLB, UFC, and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, today on the Patriots Report, we got Tully Banta Kane, two-time Super Bowl champion. He's going to tell us a little bit about what it's like playing for the Patriots, what he thinks of the moves the Patriots have made the last couple of years, and his new endeavor, something called beach football. It's really intriguing. You guys are going to want to check it out. But first off, I want to talk about two different things right off the bat here. First of all, Patriots start minicamp this week. A lot of stuff worth keeping an eye on. I, I think from a big picture perspective, there's a couple of things that stand out for me. First of all, when you talk about the veterans, and I, I want to be able to see the guys who are, look, I, you know, I know that every this is not real football. I know this is shorts and shells and basically glorified flag football, really. But you want to be able to see the veterans run around a little bit and see if they've lost a step and, you know, see if, you know, the offensive guys still have that connection with Mac and, you know, see if the defensive guys are still working in sync and you want to be able to pick up on little things, chemistry, connectivity, as well as just a sense of, look, the train is leaving the station. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady use that phrase a number of times over the years when referring to spring and summer football, the train is leaving the station. You want to be able to see a group of veterans look like they're ready to go once July comes around. You don't want to see any red flags. I, I, I tell this story all the time, and this was almost this, this was more than 10 years ago. I remember a mini camp practice involving Chad Ochocinco in his second year, what would have been the start of his second year in New England. And he was lined up in the wrong spot. And Dion Branch went over to him, kind of took him by the shoulders and guided him to where he needed to be. That's the kind of red flag I'm talking about here. I want to be able to see the guys who have been in the system for at least a year show that they have been able to pick up on things, understand things, learn the offense, learn the defense, understand that they need to be at a certain spot at a certain time in a certain formation, whatever the case may be. You don't want to see any red flags with the veterans. Bill used the phrase a couple of weeks ago. I, I think when it comes to being a rookie, it's like drinking from a fire hose at this point in their career. You just don't want to see them overwhelmed. You know that it's a lot to take in. And you understand that they have been tossed into the deep end of the pool and been told, all right, just go ahead and swim. So the the expectations really are different for the veterans as opposed to the rookies, obviously, especially at this time of year. But when it comes to the veterans... You're looking for red flags. You're looking for potential red flags. When it comes to the rookies, you just want to see them, whether they're overwhelmed or not. If they look natural, and look, all the reports so far say Christian Gonzalez looks like a natural fit in that defense. That's the kind of thing you want to see. 
There's going to be things that he's not going to get. There's going to be things that he's not going to understand, but you want to be able to see him fix those mistakes and move on. So look, again, the expectation is different this time of year for different guys. I'm intrigued to see where they are at this point in the calendar. The other thing I want to bring up, DeAndre Hopkins. We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we, I talked to Miguel, you know, the the world-famous Pats cap, talked about a, a potential, you know, way to fit DeAndre Hopkins under the cap. And look, I think it could happen. I, I'm not saying that they're the front runners, but you can make it happen. You can move some money around. If you want DeAndre Hopkins on your roster, and he's supposed to visit this week, as we're recording this, it's Sunday, June 11th. He's supposed to visit Foxborough this week. You can make it happen. You can be competitive when it comes to the other teams on the market. You can move around enough money. They have enough money right now. But if you need to use OBJ's contract as a guidepost, as a blueprint, as a template, you can use that. You can make that happen. And look, really, you know, people talk about two different things. First of all, the relationship between Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins, I think some of that is overblown. I think there's something to that. But I think Bill gets them in a room and the three of them hammer things out. And, you know, the other thing too, 13 million guaranteed, that papers over a lot of difficulties. If you can get a contract done in the neighborhood of OBJ's deal with Baltimore, I, I think he'll be happy. And look, the bottom line, I think right now, it comes down to this. I'm glad we only have to play you every four years, man. I love you, man. You too. You too. What a career you're having. You miss half the season, still going to lead the league in receiving. You know I do my job, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to get better, man. Really, the sales pitch. Look, you know, in, in we can dismiss it, and we can say, look, guys don't want to play for Bill anymore. No, they do. That sales pitch works for some guys. If Bill works it so he can talk DeAndre Hopkins into signing in New England, if he gives him his flowers, as my old podcast partner might say, if he says, look, you're a special player, we can do special things if you come to New England. That sort of stuff still works with a lot of guys. And I think it could still work in this case with DeAndre Hopkins. That and a competitive contract. That's what that, That'll get it done. All right, so those are my early thoughts. Let's get to Tully Bantikane. Like I said, Tully's a really good guy. Tully was a really interesting guy when we I, I had a chance to cover him here in New England. Really smart guy, really insightful, had a lot on the ball. And this is a guy who's had an unbelievably interesting post-playing career since he left the NFL. And, you know, and he'll talk a little bit about it and he'll talk about his new endeavor here. I think it's really interesting. I think it's interesting given the fact that he's got some former Patriots, you know, kind of interested in this. So give it a listen. You maybe have had, not maybe, look, you know, honestly, look at your resume. You've had the most interesting post-Patriots career of anyone that I covered throughout the history of that organization, man. You were on America's Got Talent. You started a school in Canada. You were a coaching intern with the Niners. Now you got a new endeavor going on. Tell folks about it. Yes, it's the BFL. Uh, we have been working on this for the past few years, but it's... Uh... It's come to fruition finally, and we are launching it next year in February, uh, the official first professional beach football league uh, with players at 
most people would have heard of um, from their playing days. So it's exciting to get uh, a, a slew of players um, that committed to play um, that we have so far. Tell me a little bit more about what you referred to as your field of dreams moment while on the beach in, in California. Yeah, you know, I, I was uh, living in California for about a good two or three years um, between my time in New England. And uh, I got a chance to, you know, get back into my roots of being from California and jogging the beach. And uh, I had been watching a lot of volleyball and AVP is a big tournament that they have up and down the coast. And I think that may have springboarded the idea a little bit of seeing people out on the beach watching sporting events and uh, one day I was out jogging and, uh, it was like a message from God was like, you know, well, that would be pretty cool if it was a football played on the beach and, uh, had a crowd in a stadium and vendor village and a whole spectacle built around it. And, um, and I went back and wrote it down and, and started just pondering on it. And then everyone I started sharing the idea with had the same, like, wow, this is actually, that's a great idea. Let's act on it. And like I said, it was about three years ago. And we uh, we, we wanted to do an assembly of players to see if they how it would look on the beach. And we were able to get about 50 former players, whether it's high school, college or even pro uh, to come out and try out, do a full combine and simulate a game played on the beach, full tackle. Um, and those guys had a blast. Uh, it was very competitive. And no one got hurt. And uh, we knew at that moment that um, we had something. And and the guys who have played in that game, they've been itching to get back ever since. Tell me a little bit about some of the specifics around this plan as it relates to the on-field action. How, how big is the field? Is it four downs? What are we talking about here? Yeah, so um, as everyone knows, sand can be really taxing uh, once you're running and, jog and jogging and even walking on it for long periods of time. So uh, we looked at that aspect um, and and would compare what we are um, as a, a, minor, a smaller version of the game of gridiron football, where arena football has done it with a 50-yard field. So uh, we decided to make a 50-yard and smaller field um, the the initial stadiums that we're using are based for beach soccer and they have soccer nets in, uh, in the stadiums, which lends to um, the other side of us not having a kicking game is we wanted to create something new on a new terrain and, uh, and utilize the soccer stadiums that have already been built. Um, and so those fields are a little under 50 yards, uh, not including um, the the end zones themselves. So there's about a little bit over 40 yards of, of field um, from end zone to end zone. I, I've heard a few reports and I've seen a few interviews with you before. You were able to wrangle a few expatriates to get involved with this as well. I saw Jamie Collins, Dem McCourty, Corey Dillon, all slated to participate. What were some of those phone calls like? You know, it's just, it's been one of those things where we, we, we played the game together. We were teammates um, and a lot of the players that have signed on have just been from either friends uh, that I've made from my playing years and friends of friends. Um, there's also a lot, a lot of NFL events like the Super Bowl and just games in general that I've gotten to go to and run into old teammates. And uh, it's it was really just um, 
gauging whether or not they would want to get tackled or whether they want to be on the other side uh, and just coaching the game. And um, it's it's been surprising that, you know, guys have really, you know, they love the game of football. And we all played back when we were kids, whether it was on the sandlot or in the mud or on, on any terrain as kids. And so uh, a lot of it is just the nature of the game and having fun, I think, got a lot of guys interested is because it's, you know, it's not as fundamental or traditional as um, other other um, type of leagues. And so the, the players like Corey Dillon, like you mentioned, um, they just love that it sounded really fun. And it also it's a good way to kind of continue to feed that competitive fire, I would think, a little bit, too, for guys who are maybe a little bit, you know, removed from the game a year or two, removed from the game, who still are interested in getting out there, running around a little bit, you know, hanging with some old friends. 100%. That's that's really what it is. There's a lot of guys when they're done with the game, um, you know, you still have that love for it and you still really, you know, outside of the business part of things, it's really the the fun that you had when you played the game. And so it gets guys back into that kind of mode where the game, obviously there is some, some uh, business that will be done with the BFL, but uh, just the fact that it's something new and it's something that keeps them involved with the game in another in a whole nother uh, atmosphere so what's the next step for you in this process are you assembling you know are you the commissioner and you're assembling teams and coaches i mean what 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 do you have to do to kind of you know keep this process moving yeah i mean this has been a building process um you know obviously it started from an idea on the beach but uh i've put a pretty solid team together of people that uh are helping me um organize uh, we're going out and getting more players. Uh, we're getting production companies involved. Um, we've ha- obviously had to get locations that would commit to us uh, and allow us to use their uh, their facilities. Um, so we recently got um, the prime minister's blessing to use the stadium in Nassau, Bahamas. Oh, wow. Uh, that's where we'll be launching our kickoff event. Um, but now we're also in talks with you know various cities. I'm in the city of Boston. Uh, there's always, already some conversations about hosting um, a beach football event here in New England. Um, and so it's been a, uh, you know, kind of a, a snowball effect where people are hearing about it. People are getting interested. And now we got bigger names getting involved. Um, there's big talent agencies that are interested. Um, so it's it's really just been, you know, fun to watch where it's going, where it's where it's come and where it's going. We talked at the top about you having a, a really interesting post-playing career, and I'm curious about your playing career. I, I, I've always been interested in this as a guy who's covered the Patriots and watched the Patriots for a long time. There's a perception out there that Bill can be a difficult guy to play for, but over the course of your career, you're a guy who started in New England, left, and then came back to Foxborough for a second time. What was your thinking behind that, and why do you think so many other guys have followed that same path? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I, I think a lot of it is the expectation level that Bill uh, kind of standardize, standardizes when he uh, when you would get into the building. It's, um, you know, coming in as a seventh round pick, uh, you know, there were there was a lot of hurdles for me just as a young player um, to get adapted to and, and playing with veterans like the Brewskis and the Vrabels um, and Willie McGinnis and, and Pfeiffer and 
these this this culmination of of experience, not even just in the players, but the coaching staff when I got there was was loaded with with veteran coaches um, like Romeo Cornell and Charlie Weiss and um, you know Dante Scarnecchi. I mean, Bill was just uh, he surrounded himself with a lot of great leadership, and I think that resonates to the players uh, who come in at a younger age um, because. You know, it's really a, uh, you know, you're thrown into the fire a little bit and uh, you have no, you know, it's like a fight or, f fight or flight kind of situation. And Bill, I think each player that he gets, he kind of curates a game plan for them mm -hmm. in terms of maturity level, where they're at, where, they, you know, if they're ready, what they need to develop. And uh, I surely got a chance to develop in the system as opposed to just coming in as a free agent. Um, and so I think that's why, other guys who are in that same situation where they've been in the Patriots locker room, they've been in the meetings, they know what to expect uh, from what the expectation level is. And so Bill knows that they know it. So if they do come back, they know what to expect because uh, it doesn't change. So, um, you know, that's kind of, uh, it speaks to the greatness of, of what Bill can do with a lot of different players from different walks Um and, you know, a lot of it isn't guys who you would think, you know, the the big name first round coming out of college guys. It's a lot of later round free agent guys that that Bill can see, uh, you know, some some definite talent that he can develop. You were in New England, albeit on the other side of the ball, when Bill O'Brien was with the Patriots in his first go round. What's the level of faith that you have as a former New Englander, a former New England player? in him being able to get the offense back to where it needs to be or where they'd like to have it be? Same thing with Bill. I mean, he's a high expectation guy. Uh, and, you know, he has a standard that he sets uh, pretty early. He's a fiery coach. Uh, he knows when to pick his spots to be hard on guys and to be light. And um, I think it's a great uh, shift for, for the offense in terms of, you know, familiarity with Bill um, and the rest of the staff. A lot of them know Bill O'Brien already. Uh, and I think just what he's been able to do with other offenses and quarterbacks, um, you know, he's he's well-known around the league, uh, even in, in college, uh, of of running efficient offenses. And that's really what it is all about. He's, he's high on efficiency, and he kind of knows, you know, what to get out of his players. You and Tom Brady are both – California guys who came to New England and, and made your bones and had a, a, a level of success that no one can deny. I'm curious, what's the most surprising thing you discovered over the course of your time in New England when it comes to being Tom Brady's teammate? Um, that it's really athleticism and talent isn't everything. You know, Tom wasn't the most athletic quarterback um, he had a hell of an arm, um, and he's he's got a hell of a drive. And, but to see someone like him be in the weight room early, leaving late, being in uh, you know all the meetings, uh, running meetings, um, uh, just a you know it, it surprised me that you know a lot of times he just really was a, he was a standard in himself that brought people up to his level. And not a guy that you would just see, you know, in first passing and expect that from. So uh, he definitely, um, you know, doesn't look like look like the guy you would think would be putting up the numbers he puts up and um, being the like one of the, the the highest achievers in the weight room and on the practice field. 
Um, but he is, you know, and then he's even said like he was a dorky quarterback out of San Mateo. And, uh, you know, he really has a way about him where you, it's like you don't see that intensity, but it's it's in there. It feels like as we sit here right now in mid-June, early June, you look at the Jets adding Aaron Rodgers. You look at the the Dolphins kind of loading up. You look at the Bills and the run the success that they've had over the last couple of years. It feels like the Patriots might be the odd team out, at least as we look at the AFC East. But you know, I know, Bill seems to love that underdog New England versus everybody mentality. What's going on? What are the conversations like in Foxborough right now? Is there is he playing that underdog card? What's, what's the process if you could put yourself in Bill's shoes right now in terms of how he's approaching this season, at least on paper? Well, that's always the thing is, you know, I think Bill always will play the undercard uh, and I mean, the underdog part. And he's uh, he's not a big on what's on paper guy. Uh, He's never been Uh, the teams that, you know, in the past, if you looked on paper, didn't really look like Super Bowl caliber teams at the beginning of the season. Um, Yeah, there's sprinkled talent throughout the team, but the nucleus and the core and the fact that that team's been together for the past few years and going through growing pains, obviously Pat post uh, Brady era. Um, so the, the identity of the team has been kind of, you know, figuring itself out. And so I think um, they did a great job with addressing a lot of needs in the draft the last two years, I think. And, you know, I heard some about DeAndre Hopkins coming in for a workout. Uh, so, you know, the free agency, there's still a chance, but, I think the defense has a, a a lot to build off of last year. They they did. Uh, I think they held the team down. I think offensively, they're addressing all the needs. Um, and so, it's just for Bill. It's a one. It's a one game season um, for him, and that's how he looks at it. Whoever's first on the schedule, I believe it's the Eagles. Um, that's all Bill can really you know concern himself with is and uh, and winning that game. Last Patriots question here. Right now, there's a whole new rookie class in Foxborough learning the ropes with the Patriots. Bill has often said, you know, at this stage, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, What sort of advice would you give these rookies as they go through the early stages of their NFL experience in Foxborough? Oh, man, you know, it's really just uh, take it one day at a time and and, uh, really um, embrace the culture. you know, learn as much as you can out of the playbook and from other veterans that are there um, and and really try to, you know, smile as much as you can. Have fun. Don't take it too seriously, because at the end of the day, whether you make the team or not, um, you still want to put your best, best foot forward and and enjoy the experience. So I would just say, you know, have fun, learn as much as you can. And um, and be ready because uh, like I like I had to make my bones on special teams. Don't overlook special teams if you're not the starter. You know, embrace embrace any role that you get and build off it. Tully, thank you so much for your time. How can people find out more about the Beach Football League? Yeah, you can go to beachfootballleague.com uh, for any in- information that you want in terms of trying out, investing, or even sponsoring the league. Uh, you can also follow me at Tully Banta Kane on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and we also have an Instagram for the league, is which is beachfootball.io. Um, but you can find all that information on beachfootballleague.com. 
uh, with more upcoming um, events and uh, information. Tully, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thanks for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. One more reminder, this episode of the Patriots Report has been brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one source for all your championship finals, info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA and Stanley Cup finals. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball and hockey to MLB, UFC, and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 